0: Welcome to Trending in Education. Mike Palmer here, excited today to be joined by Dr. Jenny Nash, who's the head of Education Impact at LEGO Education. And she's going to talk to us about Build to Launch, which is a program LEGO is doing in collaboration with NASA to help get STEAM careers out as part of what they build into their program. She's got a session at South by Southwest EDU coming up. Called bringing joy back to learning. She'll be on a panel about that. I'm really excited to dive into all this stuff. But before we do that, I'd like to welcome Dr. Jenny Nash to Trending in Education. Jenny, welcome to the show.
1: Mike, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to get to share with you today.
0: Awesome. So we begin each episode with the new guest. When you're back, you generally can bypass this aspect of the conversation or at least abbreviate it. But can you Kept us up a little bit on what got you to this point in your professional life. How did you wind up with Lego and what do you have going on there?
1: Yeah, I would love to. I actually started um, teaching science in middle and high schools. And from that, just really got a love for making learning very experiential for students. I went on to work with Marshall University for several years, where really I was focused on STEM outreach and professional development with teachers. How do we bring that type of learning into the classroom? in a really meaningful way. That's when I started with LEGO Education. I was using the LEGO Education materials in various schools, elementary, middle, and high schools, and just the impact that I saw it have on students grabbed me and and just really created a passion in me for this type of learning that's very hands-on and very playful and, and just overwhelmed by the outcomes I was seeing with these various students growing year after year. And I was lucky enough to get the opportunity to join the LEGO Education team, where I helped spread now that love of learning across districts throughout the U.S. Mm-hmm. And into being the head of Education Impact with the U.S. here with LEGO Education is really exciting because we really get to be thoughtful about how districts can create their own programs mm-hmm. to have playful learning for their students, really great professional development for their teachers. And again, that, that passion for that learning and seeing that impact just continues to grow with me.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. And our listeners should know that I am the parent of a a three-year-old and he is a user of Lego products. And he's also at a stage in his life where building things with stuff like Legos is like built into us. It's built into how we operate. Talk a little bit about how Lego interacts with folks over the course of their lives and how kids begin with the product and then how it starts to get built into the the educational programs that that you're involved with
1: absolutely and I think what you're seeing is that natural love of play and how play leads to learning so well with your own child and i know with my daughter i see the same thing it's just amazing as they grow how that play turns into various types of learning so with lego education we actually were founded in 1980 so we've been around for over 40 years thinking about learning as part of the lego group thinking about how we transform the bricks and and the playful nature of them into true learning. And so we talk Mm -hmm. about being very purposeful to play. What we mean by that is we think really deeply into that developmental area for students, whether it's preschool, whether it's elementary, whether it's middle, as we go up and we really think about what that learning can look like. Mm -hmm. We recently launched our Lego learning system. It's intuitive. It's inclusive. It's very adaptable, which means we really can meet students where they are in their journey. Mm -hmm. So. think about that student in elementary and science and how they're starting on their inquiry-based journey and what does inquiry-based look like in problem-based learning and project-based learning. It all just is a different way to approach playful learning where we let students have that ability to try things out. You're seeing it right now with your three-year-old trying those things out, failing sometimes, not being successful, trying something new. That iterative kind of joyful, meaningful learning that can happen when we just stop and let the learning happen naturally,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: it's what we want to capture at every grade level and think about what's appropriate. So fostering in then those skills, thinking about how we scaffold the knowledge and learning that goes with it through that approach. And we just see amazing things that the students are able to create because it makes STEAM learning easier to implement and it makes it really fun for students. Yeah the students, but also the teachers, Mm -hmm. teachers they're also getting to have fun in what they're teaching. We're supporting them through our professional development platform and our facilitated trainings. And we see that they then get really excited to bring this learning into their classrooms as well. So everyone's really benefiting from that ability to have playful learning happening.
0: Yeah, it makes sense to me. I've been struck by it, watching Matthew start to engage with this stuff, how in some ways our educational systems might lose sight of... Some of the open endedness and the importance of play, and you know, the importance of social emotional learning and getting along with your peers, and also building things together with people. The idea that he can, he's already building things with his peers, and feels like we're starting to build more of that back into K 12 and higher ed and enterprise learning. But in a lot of ways, I I have been struck lately, and maybe I'm just biased because I have a three year old. But I am struck by how much we seem to get right early on with the experience of learning. It is fun. It's, you know, physical, it's social, it's, you know, student-led in a lot of ways. But then over time, we seem to lose sight of that. Any reflections on that? I, I imagine part of the strategy there is to, to be a touch point really throughout someone's life, can you talk about the way it changes from the early, earliest stages, like on into maybe young adulthood?
1: Absolutely. And I think I'll reference our Lego foundation study into playful learning is a great resource to think about that connection between what, what I was just saying, between how children play and their ability to cope with their environment, learn new skills, gain knowledge. And really then thinking about how that grows with them, it's really about allowing as you said, for that open-ended creativity to happen. And that can take different, it can look different across the different ages. It might be more inquiry-based in science classrooms as we think about our middle school students. It's still allowing them to ask those questions and dig into them, maybe with a little bit more structure. Again, we're very purposeful about the way we approach it, but it still allows them to have that kind of meaningful, joyful, socially interactive and what I'm naming are kind of those characteristics of play that the Lego Foundation has brought to us and defined for us. Mm. And the fact that there's a lot of different types of learning that look this way. It's just about opening up those possibilities so that students can fail. And we talk about meaningful failure a lot. Really, failure is an opportunity to learn. And I think we realize that as, as we get older, but we want students to have that opportunity to learn how to do that, how to learn from their failures and use mm. it. We have all these opportunities as they grow to help them understand how feedback can help them and drive them further, for example. But it's all then about putting it in that school environment and wrapping it around. What are the knowledge? What are the skills? How do we scaffold that? What about a learner that comes in with no experience versus a learner that has experienced those various backgrounds? And so with our Lego learning system, we really truly have thought through, how do we ensure everyone can enter and find success? And how do we loop that learning and how do we scaffold it year after year? So we're thoughtful about the fact that students revisit concepts and they come back and show their mastery and then take it a step further. And it really truly then is about giving those opportunities to continue to build on what they've learned before. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, It was interesting when you were talking about learning through failure, a lot of those lessons are social emotional ones. How do I regulate myself when I fail? How do I stay motivated? How do I continue to lean into the engagement and then also learn how to work with others? It all makes me think about the future of work, which is another area that I want to get into ties to the NASA program and the way in which you built that out. But before we get to that, the other thing I wanted to discuss with you, because you're a, a bit of an expert in this space, is understanding the difference between STEM and STEAM. And how, when we add the A to STEAM, which is something I have talked about before, science, technology, engineering, and math is STEM. I love, I love acronyms by the way. And then science, technology, the arts and math is STEAM. We also play Wordle like crazy these days. So STEAM is a Wordle clue and STEM is not. So aside from being better in that respect. It is something that I know Lego is thinking a lot about, and it reminds me of conversations I I frequently reference Steve Jobs, who was famous for talking about that intersection between the the artist and the engineer. Can you catch us up a little bit on your thinking and and how Lego's thinking about STEAM and STEM? Take that wherever you'd like it to go.
1: Yeah, I think it's a really great question. and, And I'll start with this idea of authenticity and learning, maybe. When we think about STEM learning, when we think about STEAM learning, it really truly is about how do we give those students experiences and, and this kind of authentic approach to learning, which doesn't segment those pieces that you just indicated. It really thinks about how to bring them together. Mm. it's kind of true interdisciplinary approach where we can integrate math and science, where we can integrate arts and science. And that just gives that really authentic learning opportunity for students. And I mentioned before about pulling in knowledge and skills. Again, you can't separate those two. It's not just about certain science knowledge you might gain. It's about the skills that you use and seeing how those skills overlap into other areas. Just think about engineering habits of mind and how that spreads across all areas so well. Mm. With that, then it's leaning into the learning and the thinking. And again, by approaching it through that STEAM lens, we give that opportunity for students to really express their thinking, how do they explain how they got to a final solution answer if we give them a problem to solve. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the most important parts of learning. It's not just that you did it, you know, go back to my days as a science teacher doing a a lab with students. It's not just that they did it. I want them to be able to explain and talk about what they did. Mm -hmm. And so we really try to approach learning in that way. With our Lego education spike essential, for example. Students are going on a journey with minifigure characters. It's it's really fun and engaging, but very purposeful in the fact that they're going on this journey and it's a narrative-based problem where they're working with those characters through a story, finding a solution to that problem or an idea that might help those minifigure characters. And students then take it into their own ideas and solution. That takes them into creating their own stories. That takes them into talking and explaining and their thinking becomes visible, which is always incredible to happen. And if we hadn't approached it through that lens, they would have lost that opportunity to take learning to the next level, if you will, because it's becoming even more authentic to them. They're really engaged in what's happening, not just because of the physical tangible nature of it, but because they're immersed in the story with those minifigures with Spike Essential and bringing that story to life. And again, we would lose that if we didn't make sure those parts and pieces of STEM were really well integrated together. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of the Build to Launch program that you're doing now, which is trying to be truly representative across all the different types of roles. This maybe leads a little more into the future work conversation, where when you're talking about NASA, you're not just talking about the people in the space capsule playing golf, on the moon you're also talking about everybody at ground control but even beyond that there's plenty of ways to understand how you might fit into a productive future as a human and i was really struck by the the broadening of the lens even as you're emphasizing something cool and science and engineering oriented around space can you catch us up a little more on on build to launch and and maybe how it connects See how you're thinking about the future work and the educational angles about that.
1: Absolutely, Built to Launch is a really exciting series. Um, having Lego Education and NASA come together to partner to create this is, is just really powerful. It's immediately exciting and engaging for students and also just gives them the opportunity to explore beyond what they might normally see, which is that rocket launcher or seeing those astronauts. So what we created was a, a free 10 week program I mean, it's all really about allowing students to explore the components that go into a, a rocket launch. So it's all leading up to that launch. What are the things we have to do before launch to be successful? And who are all those people doing it? There's thousands of people involved with everything leading up to a launch, and then only a few astronauts that actually go up in the rocket. So we really wanted to highlight those people, the jobs that they're doing, understanding their backgrounds, the knowledge, the skills that they're using every day to get students excited about seeing that. This isn't just something fun for you to do in school. This really could be a future if you're interested in I was so excited to join a school in New Jersey. Actually, we asked students who was interested in, in doing some of these careers and it was incredible to hear them expressing that they didn't even know this was a possibility, but they really could see themselves potentially doing this. And I think again, that moment's so impactful to hear and without this program that gave them the opportunity to build their 21st century skills, I mean, the critical thinking they had to do, the ideas that they were able to bring to life, gave students a lot of agency in their learning, which was exciting,
2: mm-hmm. but
1: also really highlighted those careers and let them see what the possibilities could be. And I think those types of real world, meaningful learning for students that, that builds their curiosity, but also their confidence in learning to see where they might take it next is one of the powerful things coming from that Build to Launch series.
0: Yeah, it's very cool. And it also reminds me of rather than trying to think of the one career path that you want to pursue when you're older, it's better to understand possible futures because things work out as we hope we're all going to be living longer. There are opportunities to explore different careers and roles over the, the full span of your professional life. I do think this helps kids start imagining those differences and imagining how they might inhabit these different roles in the future. Any thoughts on how this type of play or or maybe imaginative play about the future, about who you're gonna be when you grow up? It is interesting for me to think about my son. If you were to ask him right now, what do you ought to be when you grow up? He would be like a toy maker, you know, because he just (laughs) wants to make toys and he's around toys all the time. That might be fine as a career path, but it probably makes sense to continue to reimagine and explore some of the, the variability of the world around you. And it does feel like a lot of the play sets that I see from Lego help you imagine some of that stuff. Any perspective on that?
1: Yeah, Mike, I think what you're leaning into is this idea that students need to understand the breadth of possibilities. My own daughter's very excited in doing some computer science work has got her kind of excited about that field, but there's so many possibilities within that field that she needs to see that breadth and understand those opportunities. And so I think we really leaned into this idea of how do we continue to give students opportunities to at home, at school, in the community setting, you know, what are all the ways that we can help them have these types of playful experiences that might expose to those things. And I will share a couple of years ago, we had a Harris poll commissioned where we looked into confidence and learning. And I think one of the great outcomes that we saw there is that this type of hands-on learning and STEAM builds confidence in students. And that's not only students saying that, but the teachers and their parents seeing that confidence actually come to life. Mm -hmm. And that's the opportunity then that we give them to want to learn more, to pursue that more, is knowing that if we take this opportunity in Lego education, uh, materials and learning is a great example of this to let students have this playful learning, let them have this hands-on experience in STEAM areas, it's gonna build confidence and through building their confidence, they're gonna have that resiliency to go further and go further. Mm -hmm. And of course, they're gonna be more open to seeing those possibilities and seeing themselves in those possibilities because it's not just exposing them to what's out there. It's that confidence to see that actually that could be me. I actually see myself potentially doing that. Mm -hmm. And I think you can't forget that part of it. I'm, I'm all about exposing to role models, but we also need students to feel like they can take that on themselves and build that confidence and resilience for it.
0: Yeah. Especially important for kids who might be the first of their, their, however they identify, they might be the first to actually fulfill this role. And lots of times the jobs, you know, they don't even exist, but that people are going to have in the future. Getting back to your point about learning computer science, you learn that in part Understanding that a lot of what you're learning today is probably going to need to be relearned in a new capacity to be relevant in 10 or 15 years, but it's almost like the engineering mindset, the, the problem-based, I need to build something. Lego's done a fantastic job being the first thing people think about when you think about that type of play. You also talk about joy in bring the joy back to learning. This is your session at South by Southwest EDU, which uh, as a reminder to our listeners, Trending at Ed will be doing a live session down at South by Southwest EDU. We'll be recording a live panel. Terry Givens, Tarlin Ray, and Dan Harrison will be with me down on the podcast stage. In addition to that, as if that's not enough, South by Southwest EDU also has a panel in which, Jenny, you'll be participating, talking about bringing the joy back to learning. I'd like to get into that next, and then also maybe think a little bit about parents and teachers as... We broaden the conversation where, for kids, bringing joy back to learning is absolutely critical. But also for all of us, it does feel like we've gone through a very difficult phase, and there's a little bit of hope that maybe we're get, we're going to come back to a world where we can find more joy now.
1: Absolutely, and really excited actually to get to participate in the panel, I and mean, it's really focused on I think exactly what we've been saying: learning can be joyful, it can be playful. And, and that makes it meaningful. It could be social, iterative. All those things we've been saying makes playful learning happen. And, and through play, we often find joy. And so we just really want to hit into this idea of how we can bring that joy back to learning from everything that we faced more recently and all of the kind of transformational changes that education has been going through. Mm-hmm. Really excited. I'll be joined by experts from NASA and our League of Education community on the panel. And so we'll really get that perspective from different areas and think about how we could incorporate that type of play into classrooms, how we could build that confidence and resilience that we were talking about. I you also hit on such a key point of all of it, and that is that we're at this place where we need to rethink learning. You know, we've been faced by these challenges and, and teachers have been so amazing and resilient to overcome them. And we're just at this point now to rethink learning. How do we re-engage ourselves back into the classroom after the disruptions that we've faced? How do we think about reengaging our students in learning in different ways than, than maybe they've been able to experience it recently? And I think there's plenty of research that we have that shows that playful learning, the purposeful playful learning makes learning motivating and meaningful. And so we just really want to lean into that and think about what are those opportunities to bring that into the classroom, to help rethink learning. Even what you were saying about working towards jobs that might not exist in the future, you know, how do we continue to think about how we help students learn and be learners and not just the actual information that they're constantly learning? And that's, again, true from our youngest learners to our older students. Like we were saying before, there's different ways that we can weave that in. And we just want to be really thoughtful in talking about that during the panel and sharing those different experiences so that hopefully everyone's really just inspired to come back into learning and, and rethink that learning and make it really joyful and impactful for students.
0: Yeah, it reminds me of the the learning science concept that I talk about a lot: desirable difficulty, where you want to be challenged but not too much. And I do see that in my three year olds pretty much whenever mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm playing with him. But uh, it's really interesting where he's ready to be. He's ready to also put more of the challenge on his peers. In this case, on me to say, "Oh no, you'll figure out how to put the the Lego set together, Dad," and and then. The fact that he's part of that process and that, and then at the end he'll say, I built that, <laughs> you know, and he'll have this yeah. sense of, <laughs> of pride and and sense of accomplishment, which is something I truly identify. Like we talk a lot about a maker revolution that in many ways Lego has been a, a contributor to, I, I would say any perspective on that, like the idea that in order to really learn, you have to be. Engaged in problem solving and and best case maybe some even physicality of the making process. And hopefully not, I gotta make a joke. Hopefully the physicality doesn't involve stepping on a Lego in a barefoot. You're welcome. I had to do it. I we, we went pretty far in and, and
1: uh, it. And leave yeah, it.
0: Couldn't no, do it. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: I think what what you're pointing to is so important. It is that idea that learning is gonna happen in a variety of ways. But again, we see that research saying that if it's experiential if students are hands-on, if they're doing, it really does impact them so much more in terms of that ability to kind of reuse the information, apply it in different ways, take it further faster. And because I think it really truly is about the fact that they're not just trying to gain knowledge, they're not just trying to gain skills through experiences. You kind of use both at the same time. And and so it it gets that stickiness that really helps it stay with us.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: When I think about our Lego education solutions, that's, again, what we're really trying to accomplish is making sure it's very experiential. So I use the example of that narrative-based storytelling that happens with Spike Essential. It immerses you in that experience. I think about some of our Spike Prime lessons where we are posing a challenge to our middle school students that's very personal to something that they, they might actually experience. They're able to take that in and really think through they put themselves in that. It, it goes back to what you were saying before about social emotional learning. They kind of get put in that situation themselves. And through that, it does then become meaningful to them. Yeah. And we, we all know that when something's meaningful to us, of course, we're going to lean into it heavier. Of course, we're going to devote our true energy into it. Mm-hmm. So we absolutely want to give students that opportunity for it to be purposeful play, meaningful play, joyful in what they're doing as they bring it back. And yeah, again, I think everybody's going to hear that in the panel discussion that we're going to have. They're going to see that coming to life in series like a build to launch and really in any of the materials that we have. And again, I'll have to plug for the teachers. We want that experience for teachers too, not just for students. So in our professional development platform, you're going to see teachers looking at real classrooms, videos of students learning and interacting. And they're going to get immersed in knowing what this can look like and feel like in their classroom, which is going to help them rethink that space potentially. Um, So we just want it to be very immersive and inclusive for all types of learners. And like I mentioned before, it doesn't matter where you enter. If you've never had an experience with a Lego brick before, you've been saved the pain of stepping on it, but you don't know quite what to do with it. That's okay. We're going to give you that nice entry into it and make sure you're ready to be successful. And even if you're a master builder at three years old, we're going to make sure you're ready to take it even further and push your thinking, because just as you said, we wanna get students in that flow. We don't want them to be bored. We don't want them to be overwhelmed. They need that right level of challenge to push them because that's what really good thinking and learning is gonna happen.
0: Yeah, you know, you kind of need to be in that uh, flow state to optimally perform. You were mentioning a lot of your stuff is relevant for teachers and also parents perhaps, more parents are taking on more of the educational responsibility These days, and also trying to pick up on in in the purposeful play at home, ideally, if that's reinforcing what the kids are learning in a more formal classroom setting, it it all makes sense if it's a virtuous cycle. There are places for people to go. Can you update us on where folks should go if they want to find any of the resources that we're talking about on today's show?
1: Absolutely. I think the easiest place is just our website, legoeducation.com. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be able to find various materials, including lessons to do with students, whether you're at home at a community event or in school. There's plenty of resources that are going to support learning because we want learning to happen in all environments. And it does. Learning happens everywhere. So on our website, legoeducation.com, you're going to be able to find a lot of those resources. Teachers are going to be able to get access to that PD platform completely free. Again, we want to make sure everyone has access to the resources they need to be successful and feel confident. Uh, And then our sets are going to be there so that you could check out the various uh, learning options. And one of the great things is it's not just one model you're going to build, it's endless. You're going to keep being able to build various models and take the learning even further, which is amazing.
0: Yeah, that is something I was curious about just around Lego is the, how open-ended designs are versus closed. And it seems like something that Like it was pretty thoughtful about providing both categories.
1: Absolutely. And we think a lot about what it looks like in a classroom. Mm -hmm. So myself being a classroom teacher, so many classroom teachers and experienced teachers coming in to think about how do I bring these materials in the classroom in a really strong way. And so our sets are created in a way that they're, they're very organized for easy use to pull out and, and do a lesson and put away. And then we build that lesson plan, those content pieces to be very scaffolded, that very basic getting started. If it's technology-based, let's turn that hub on, let's light it up, all the way to building something that's um, going to be moving and doing a lot of different working parts. So we're really thoughtful about ensuring that we we give that scaffold. We're going to start small. We're going to investigate an idea and maybe build a very small model to the point of getting to, let's investigate this idea now. and. There's no model. There's no building instructions. You're on your own. You're completely designing on your own because that's what we want to get students to, right? That ability to tackle a problem or take on a a project, bring their own ideas to life in whatever way they can imagine it. But it does take scaffolding. Get really comfortable with how all the parts and pieces work and also the different ideas of the ways that they might use them. Just like investigating simple machines or forces in motion and gravity and some of those different ideas. Mm -hmm. Having that foundational knowledge helps them later design an amusement park ride, for example, or design something that's their own ideation with a lot of success. So yeah, we're just trying to be really thoughtful about how to scaffold that, build it up and let everyone take some ownership. Let students take a little agency, Mm -hmm. know if we do start with a model or not, that they can take it further.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool. Even some of the ones I've played with, with my son, they're like built-in transformers, depending on which level of planning and engagement you want. I didn't have the energy to build the robot, but I built the, the trade set because Daddy was tired. He didn't want to be overly ambitious. But it's really, it's cool in that this stuff is, 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 the things that we live with and build into our day-to-day. It does remind me of the other area I wanted to hit on before before we, we wrap up. I want to get some of your future thinking ideation as well. But edutainment was the other topic that I wanted to hit on because I know you mentioned amusement parks. there's movies that that people watch together. There's all sorts of opportunities that Lego has as a brand. And frequently, that'll make folks more connected to the experience. But also, I imagine it's a fine line where're a little bit of church and state in terms of the educational side of the house staying somewhat true to the the more pure education component. But then it's got to be a bit of a marketing uh, engine behind Lego that's continuing to, to push this stuff out. How do you navigate all that when you're leaning into your role?
1: I think we try to mostly as Lego education, focus on the classroom and think about those appropriate learning through play opportunities in the classroom, but Lego, the company as a whole is really focused on that idea of learning through play, Mm -hmm. you know, all kind of feeding into this idea of how students learn, how they play. The Lego foundation is that research piece that's digging into what's appropriate for students and so, or children of all ages. So we're really just thinking all about learning through play and how to bring that to life. And then in our various capacities, thinking about that appropriate way for that learning to happen, whether it's at home or at school. And and now of course, through hybrid examples, Mm -hmm. uh, ensure that play can happen everywhere. It can happen in the right ways. The way that you would play with your own son might look different than how he might work in a classroom. Right. But at the essence of it all are those same components of playful learning. Is so we just want to make sure that it's a really great experience no matter where it's happening.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's a cool uh, brand ethos too, which is why I think a lot of us uh, have p- positive feelings. Also, it's because it's been around since... Uh, not showing my age, but it's been around since I was a kid. I certainly have very formative memories of building things with Legos. It does seem like it encourages a, a certain level of platform thinking, design thinking. Even at a young age, I think there is an element of us that can think like an engineer, think like a builder. And it does, Lego does a really nice job of incorporating that into our lives in a way that also isn't, doesn't feel intrusive. And then we always like to get our guests to share where they're finding inspiration or what out there in the world around us is capturing your imagination. As we're rounding the turn here, Jenny, in our conversation, getting closer to conclusion, any thoughts on on you know how you stay motivated or any advice for folks out there who are trying to get through these challenging times?
1: Yeah, I think I'm finding some motivation personally from kind of coming off of these very strange years of learning that we've had and thinking about the opportunities to push ourselves forward. I mentioned the rethink learning ideas that, that we've got, but it's really truly about where has the pandemic brought us in learning and in education? And although it has been a, a difficult experience, there, there are things that are happening that could blossom into being something positive in the future. Mm-hmm. And how do we dig into that and think about the opportunities that it might present us? To do that bit of rethinking learning to come back and and make education even more powerful and strong for our students mm-hmm. than those future opportunities that we were talking about. And so I'm just, just really excited to think about what these new possibilities might be, how we might push it further. Learning's been disrupted. How do we come back even stronger now? And I think we have great opportunities ahead of us for that.
0: Absolutely. So hopefully that's bringing joy to our listeners. We're trying to bring joy back to learning this is the purpose of a lot of our a lot of our professional lives folks have been thinking a lot about purpose come see us down at in austin if you're at south by southwest you fingers crossed i think it's probably going to happen this time although you never know but i'll be there we'll be doing a, a live episode of trending in ed i know jenny you and, and folks will be doing your panel and there's lots of really lots of really interesting stuff on the horizon down there i'm excited about that as we're Wrapping up here, Jenny, any concluding thoughts uh, before we bring this episode to a close?
1: No, I'll just reiterate, look forward to seeing everyone, hopefully at South by Southwest and getting to share in how we can make learning joyful. And then I hope everyone's excited to just enjoy the rest of the school year and see the impact we can have on students.
0: Awesome. Fantastic stuff. Dr. Jenny Nash, the head of education impact at Lego Education. Thanks so much for joining.
1: Thanks, Mike. Thanks so much for having me. Really great conversation with you.
0: And for our listeners, hopefully you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you did, share the good words, subscribe, do all the right things. We'll be back again soon. This is Trending in Education.